Hello and welcome to this week's Running Centre podcast. My name's Trudy Smith and I'm the Manager of Continuing Professional Education at the RIDBC Rennick Centre. This week I have another of my friends from Medell, Natalie Teekle is joining us today. Natalie, can you please tell us a little bit about yourself? Thanks Trudy, it's lovely to talk with you today. So I am a speech and language therapist and a certified auditory verbal therapist. I started my career at Hear and Say in Brisbane and since then I've worked with children with hearing impairment and their families across the United Kingdom in cochlear implant programs and early intervention services and schools. And now I work as a rehabilitation manager at Medell in Innsbruck, providing mentoring and training to rehabilitation professionals all around the world. Fantastic and welcome today. We're going to talk about single-sided deafness today and, and some of the ways that we support clients with single-sided deafness. And I mean, historically, we always assumed that someone with single-sided deafness didn't actually need support. They had one good ear. Um, they should be fine. But we now know that's actually not the case. So can you tell us what are some of the um, implications of a single-sided deafness? Yeah, and I think there's still a lack of knowledge about the effects of SSD and the treatment options that are available. SSD can have a significant impact on one's quality of life. It causes the loss of binaural hearing effects. So binaural loudness summation and redundancy, the head shadow effect and binaural squelch. I'm not going to delve into any of those now, okay. but which they all help the brain localise sound and perceive speech in noise. And so what you mean by that is, so people don't know where the sound's coming from. Yeah, yep. yeah, absolutely. And it's difficult for the brain to um, filter noise and the signal or the speech sound as well. Um, so often people with single-sided deafness will be fine when there is no background noise in quiet settings, but they'll have lots of difficulty when there's background noise. So thinking about the environments that we and our children are typically in, whether it's school or work or um, socialising, it's very rare that there isn't some background noise. So that makes communicating um, difficult for people with SSD. Sure. Um, yeah, on top of that, listening with only one ear is really exhausting. So um, it takes much more mental effort for the brain to separate what you want to listen to from the background noise. Um, so as I mentioned, it leads to difficulties knowing where sounds are coming from, difficulties following group conversations. Um, and it can also lead people to worry about not noticing things like um, sudden warning sounds like for safety such as when sure. crossing the yep. road yep. yeah yeah and, and i guess you know as educators we'd be really concerned about listening fatigue for students in the classrooms or even people at work if you if your role in quite requires a lot of engagement with people yeah and the research has also shown us that ssd can negatively impact academic performance language development as well as um, emotional um, development and behaviour. So there's lots of um, run-on effects that this can have for a child, um, especially in the classroom. Yeah, sure. Now we know that, I mean, cochlear implant indications have changed since the CI was first invented and is now in much more general use now. And, 
And we know that adults with children, you know, and children with single side deafness are actually receiving cochlear implants now. And what are the benefits for those clients? Yeah, so we've seen a significant expansion of cochlear implant indications and candidacy over the years with regard to age, but also with regard to hearing thresholds and functional hearing criteria. So many more people are being able to benefit from cochlear implant technology. Um, a cochlear implant is the only treatment option for SSD that provides binaural hearing. So that is hearing with both ears. So that's achieved by restoring the hearing to the deafened ear. Um, other treatment options simply reroute the incoming signal from the side of the hearing loss to the typical hearing ear. Um, so what are the benefits of cochlear implantation? Um, hearing with both ears provides uh, a better, more complete sound, um, sound signal for the brain. So with two hearing cochlea, a CI recipient with SSD can appreciate significantly better speech understanding in noise, less listening effort and listening fatigue, um, an ease in following group conversations, and it can help with recognising where sounds are coming from, which is going to lead to better communication, um, improved social interaction, and just generally improved quality of life. Yeah, so it seemed yeah. really obvious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of course. Um, it is important to remember, however, that that person with single-sided deafness still has has that natural hearing or normal hearing in one ear. And, and that's so, my question because I know you know historically when you work with children with binaural hearing loss, therapy is really easy because you're just, you're really wanting to work with both ears. But when you have one ear that's functioning normally. How do you just do rehabilitation on that second ear that's newly implanted? Yes, and that's a good question. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, facilitating listening activities which target just the auditory skills of the cochlear implant side alone um, can be a little bit challenging. It requires a little bit more planning. So activities can, can be completed using a free field technique where the typically hearing ear is blocked with an occluding ear mold during the listening activities and the main speaker in the therapy session or in listening practice at home will sit on the side of the cochlear implant. The other option is to provide um, listening practice with direct audio input where the speech or the rehabilitation material is sent directly to the CI processor with a device, um, using a cable or Bluetooth streaming. And you can also use an audio cable splitter to allow another person to listen to that auditory stimulus. So we found that direct audio input is preferred as this method stimulates only the cochlear implant side. Sure. Um, but it can be a little bit more tricky to set up. Um, in saying that, always, always consult with the recipient's audiologist if you're planning to use direct audio input for listening practice because they might need, well, they're likely to need a dedicated map for listening with direct audio input. And also you just want to check all the equipment that you're going to be using, um, the cable, the audio splitter, and just also the microphone settings. Sure. Okay, so that's, that's the structural part of how you would do the therapy, but what kind of activities mm -hmm. are you going to be offering? 
So if you're going to use the free feel technique and block the normally hearing ear, you can use your typical therapy activities um, to target the user's auditory skills and move them through the auditory skills hierarchy. And really you can turn any activity into an activity that targets audition with a little bit of planning and by targeting listening first. If you're going to use direct audio input, um, you can use things such as uh, personalised audio recordings of family members reading a page of a book or reading familiar word lists, such as family member names or word lists um, based on their interests to develop their auditory skills, especially in that um, first um, phase of rehabilitation. Um, and those personalised audio recordings will allow you to use materials that are individualised and interesting for the patient, but it also allows materials to be in the patient's first language or using a familiar accent or voice. Um, other than that, I recommend using audiobooks or e-books for reading tracking, and you can use online videos um, or online materials things such as those used for English second language learning, which are really structured. Sure. Can you direct us to some of those resources? Are there places that we can go where there's you know, a list or available resources for this kind of therapy? Um, I would suggest taking a look at the MedL Professionals blog, um, which is blog.medl.pro. Um, you can go gain lots more information on this topic. Um, there also, there's a free resource you can download SSD and cochlear implant rehabilitation and it provides um, much more detailed information about many of the things we've talked about today. Um, it outlines things to include in therapy programs for cochlear implant recipients and lots of other practical tips um, for rehabilitation and some links to resources as well. Um, also take a look at the expert web series that's available on the professionals blog as well. Um, there we've got some other professionals really delving into the research around SSD and cochlear implantation, especially focusing on the factors for success and uh, the long-term outcomes in cochlear implants as a treatment sure. option. For and, and we can make links to the professionals blog in the show notes. So for those of you who are desperately trying to write down the website, we'll make that available to you. <laughs> as well. Is there any sort of final messages that we should be thinking about when we're considering working with this particular group? Um, the other thing I wanted to mention was that uh, patient motivation is the key when it comes to that patient persisting with cochlear implant use and persisting in active rehabilitation. Um, recipients need to have success early and so we as rehabilitation professionals um, must set activities that are challenging, but that recipients can still achieve that success. Um, and we can also support this by monitoring and sharing their progress, even if it's really small or slow, because this is shown to be a really good way to motivate recipients to keep going, to persevere with CI use and active rehabilitation especially in those early days where it is tricky. Mm -hmm. Sure. It's, it's like all rehab, isn't it, really? It's small steps mm -hmm. and celebrating each, each of those successes as yeah. well. Thank you, Nelly, for this. This is something that we haven't talked about before, so it's really great to have you with us today. So thank you so much for your time. Wonderful. Thank you, Trudy. It's nice to talk with you.